Hey, all you future Forexers out there, thank you for tuning in once again to Forex Formula Radio. This is our last episode for this nine-part series focusing on what a successful real estate agent is, the qualities that they possess. This is what you become in your journey, these nine facets. That's my hope for you. If you're listening for the first time, it will make a lot more sense if you listen to the prior eight episodes that are interspersed in sequence in the last couple months so that you have a clear understanding of the building blocks that got us here today. Okay, we made it. Number nine, a successful real estate agent is in full control of their business. I don't mean controlling or a controller or a control freak or anything like that. I mean in control. I mean the one steering the ship to a clear destination employing the other eight facets that we talk about. Newer real estate agents, are you making $150,000 or more in real estate this year? How would you like to believe with 100% certainty that you will? What if you knew exactly what to do every day to make money in real estate? Are you the type of person that will do the work, serve the people well? You would devote a good portion of the day on focused activities and habits to drive business if you just knew what to do. Does cold calling or door knocking or paying for leads freak you out? Good, because it freaks me out too. Are you working part-time and afraid to leave the job to go full-time into real estate. Am I speaking to you right now? Give me 15 minutes and I know I can help you. Go to forexformula.com to learn how I created a recipe for success that anyone can do. You have the ingredients to be successful within you right now. You just need to know what to do. Learn how I earn multiple six figures working less than 40 hours a week. And here's the kicker. I get paid every single month. Want to learn how? Go to forexformula.com. The number four xformula.com. I did an episode last year about the internal locus of control. I have never heard of this concept before. I had never heard of that term, internal locus of control, until I read about it in a book by Charles Duhigg called Smarter, Faster, Better. I encourage you to get that book. It's a great book. The opposite of that is an external locus of control. These are people that have a weak internal locus of control, like they blame the surroundings around them. They blame the things that they have no control over. They, they give credit to those things that happen to them, to everything and everyone else around them. The, the label that I have for these people is that they kind of have a victim mentality. And this was before I learned that this has actually been studied and they created this, this term, locus of control, external or internal. And these people are always victims. They always seem to have things happening to them. The people in their lives are responsible for their failures and their problems and their misgivings and their challenges or whatever challenge or problem arises, they just kind of wallow in it, right? Or they focus on getting the people in their lives around them to solve these problems for them and they begin engaging those close to them to either wallow with them or help them through it or have a pity party together or, or, or if, and if they don't participate in that, then the victim, I'm calling them, will turn on them will actually put those people into the category as a contributor to their problems or their or how they're feeling or what's wrong, what's what's going on, right? It's a no-win situation being a friend or family member in the lives of these people. It's tough. And we all know someone like this. We all do. Now, to be fair, I would admit that this is an extreme example. It's more obvious. But I would also contest that there are a lot more subtle examples too. Let's talk about our programming once again. I've been doing this the whole time in all eight of the other episodes as well. 
and in, in a lot of our talks together. And the reason I do this is so that you recognize what's happening in our society and in our social influences today. And it's very powerful, but also very subtle. And it's because it's so subtle that it's so powerful, I think. Consider this. If we fail or falter, we have so many excuses, don't we? I mean, it's so easy to find a reason that that is external that contributed to our failure or our challenge or our blockage or our reason for not, you know, succeeding at something. And you can post it on social media or you can talk to your friends about it and, and you'll get lots of likes and, you know, lots of support and lots of cry emojis and all that stuff. But this will in turn actually help validate your failure for you. But you know what? That's that's what we're always looking for. We're just looking for validation. We're looking for someone else to kind of feel our pain with us because then we're released from the personal responsibility and the failure becomes attached to some other external reason or excuse or person or event or or something that's just completely out of our control. That makes it easier for us to accept. Then we don't have to step up. Oh, it's because of that. That's the reason. I mean, it's not me. If it weren't for that circumstance beyond my control, then everything would have been different. Not my fault. It's off me, right? We do this all the time. We're all guilty of this to some extent. And this is what we need to fight against. Successful people are the opposite. Do you golf? I golf once in a while, not very consistently or as much as I would like to because I'm so busy all the time. But when I do book a golf time, I think of it as a little four or five hour vacation. I really enjoy it. It's one of my goals to be able to golf more and take time to do that. Last Father's Day, I actually went to a store called Golf Town, chose a new set of irons and a new set of drivers. And I actually, for the first time in my life, spent some real money on golf clubs. I'd never really done that. And it was a lot of money. It was kind of a big deal to me. I had a hard time making the decision to invest in a good set of clubs because honestly, I didn't really think I was good enough to warrant spending the money. I figured that for the clubs to make a difference, I had to overcome my own misgivings and shortcomings about hitting the golf ball first. But then I thought about it. If I'm going to get better and begin to improve and learn and apply, I, I should invest in some clubs and some good ones and take it seriously so that I actually get used to the clubs that I have now while I'm working on my skill sets to get better. So it, it does go hand in hand. But when I think about that, I do, I do appreciate how I was approaching it when I think back on that. I was kind of saying to myself, okay, in order to justify getting new clubs and spending a bunch of money, I need to be worthy of it. I need to get more consistent, create that muscle memory of swinging properly so that when I get new clubs, the new, more high quality clubs will actually make a difference. Do you see the thought pattern there? I wasn't giving the clubs the control over whether or not I was a good golfer. I don't blame the clubs or the type of ball or the golf course or the people that I'm golfing with for my own shortcomings, you know? I knew that I had work to do to get better, to better myself. It was on me. I used to live on a golf course, backing hole number 13 at the Falls Golf Course and Resort. Beautiful golf course with amazing views of the valley floor. I also sold a lot of homes in that area. And from my back deck, I could watch people teeing off in the distance to the left of my deck. And then when they got to their second shot to hit to the green, I could watch them quite easily right from the back of my deck, looking right at them. And it was very entertaining. I, I can't tell you how many times that I witnessed this. That's the G-rated version. 
<laughs> Basically, a person being extremely upset at how crappy his shot was and then swearing profusely and then the sound of his club flying through the air into the forested tree area. Now, I totally relate to the feeling. I do, for sure. I totally know how that feels. And if you've ever gone golfing, then you know the feeling too. But when someone throws the club like that, let's just think back on that. What are you actually doing mentally? We're placing the blame on the club, aren't we? When we throw the club, we blame the club, right? This effing club, you know? <laughs> now, here's the thing about golf. There are fundamental things that we need to learn about the swing. Just the swing alone, the swing has a bunch of facets to it to affect the outcome of how we hit the ball and then the ultimate outcome of how the ball flies, the spin on the ball, how it's going to land. But to achieve success, we got to get the swing figured out. And there's lots of different things to focus on in just the swing. But then what happens? How it will bounce and how it will roll, the surroundings, the golf course, all those things influence what happens with the ball as well. There's downward slopes, side slopes, little gullies or soft spots, sand traps that'll affect where the ball travels after it hits the ground, right? And we know that if we keep the ball on the fairway, we always have a better chance of having a better second shot. And we know that there are areas that are out of bounds too. There's water involved in a lot of circumstances. The greens have slope to them and undulate in certain directions that affect how the ball will roll. And that increases the difficulty as well. But that's life. The surroundings and, and, and the environment we're in and all the difficulties and challenges that we have and all the different things that are going on in our lives. That's the fairway and the golf course and there's sand traps and there's out of bound areas and there's soft spots and hard spots and, and undulating greens that drive us crazy sometimes. But you know what? In golf, as we play more often, we learn how to overcome these obstacles. We learn how to deal with the various challenges and the outer influences that we encounter. We learn that we need to choke up or down on the club if we have a downward lie or an upward lie. We learn that we have to open the club face up a bit more if we want to travel or if we want the ball to travel upwards and hit the ground with less roll and maybe get some backspin on it. When we're using our lob wedge, if, if, if I want the ball to go a little shorter, I may have the ball closer to my back leg etc. And these are things that you just you just learn. And the only thing that can teach that to you is experience and practice. And these come from experience and sometimes extra teaching that we need to gain over time. Do you agree with me on this? But the fundamentals of the golf swing are always there. The golf game itself has rules and you know when you're succeeding along the way, you know when you have a great game and you know for certain when you have a bad game. And there's measuring sticks along the way. We're keeping score. You record the strokes of each hole on your golf cart. Let's talk about the swing. There's certain fundamentals about the swing where you place the ball, how you line it up. You got to keep your head down. You must swing right through the ball. What's happening with your feet during the swing is so important. If I lift my back foot, everything goes crazy. Everything goes awry with the swing. How your shoulders move and your hip movement through the swing. And then the plan of where you want to direct the ball if you hit it perfectly. All of these things come into play in a split second. And if any one of those things are not done right or go off kilter, then you're going to see the result when the ball is flying through the air and where it lands and where it bounces and all that. Now, when you hit a crappy shot and hit a tree or a house and end up in the water or a sand trap, where does your mind habitually go? Stupid club. This is a crappy ball. This golf course sucks. Bob. You were talking. Why did you talk while I was hitting, Bob? 
That messed up my shot. Who put that stupid sand trap over there? <laughs> uh, I hope you got entertained by those voices. But you know what I mean? That's what people do. Or do you look to yourself right away? Figure out how to correct what you did and what you didn't do or what you may have did wrong or where you need to correct things. Ah, oh, shoot. I lifted my head. Okay. Okay. I should have aimed my feet more to the left on that shot. Okay. Next time I should aim further right to avoid the sand trap next time. Learn from those things, right? You see the difference? Another saying that I hear quite often in the golf world is you're only competing against yourself. And this is how we need to think. We're just competing against ourselves, working on constantly improving, constant and never ending improvement. Can I, C-A-N-I, right? Take the control back. Always focus on you first. Don't beat yourself up. Focus on where you can work on things. Keep it internal, constantly tweaking and fine tuning your skills so that you get better and better. And this is what professionals do. Now, here's the thing. This is not something you're born with. On either side of the fence, this is something that gets developed. Your decisions, outer influences, upbringing, experiences, successes, and failures have all gotten you here to this point today. And as humans, we create survival instincts. This is normal. We have made choices in the past that have gotten us here today. Everything goes both ways. These choices have either accidentally built up or strengthened our internal locus of control, or we have discovered and strengthened other habits and thought patterns that have inadvertently caused us to weaken our internal locus of control. But here's the good news. Either way, it's not too late. This is the point that I want you to get. The conclusion here is that this is something that you want to develop. You must develop a strong locus of control. You have to take responsibility for all parts of your business, every single part. Just like I have to get better at all aspects of the golf swing and remember all the little details and, and make them habits so that I suddenly, naturally create an awesome golf swing. And this is what you need to work on as a professional real estate consultant. Does that make sense? You either develop a weak internal locus of control or you develop a strong internal locus of control. It's never too late. Realizing and recognizing it is the first thing. Then you go to work. We will help you. That's how the 4X Formula Real Estate course is designed. As we move through the course, you'll be in a process of building up your internal locus of control. Little mini successes are the key to building skill sets and belief so that you continue on the journey of self-improvement. And believe me, the money will follow. Now, with all of that in mind, let me ask and answer the following questions to you and for you. Is the world going to come at you with some challenges? Yes. Will things happen to you? Yes. Will some things happen to you that are unfair? Yes. Will somebody do something that will hurt you or will somebody take advantage of you or disappoint you? Yes. Will it be hard sometimes? Yeah. Will you actually feel hopeless sometimes in your life or overwhelmed? Yes, you will. Will you ever feel like you need help? Yes. Will other people who care about you accidentally chip away at your belief? Yes, that'll happen. But the difference between a successful person and a person who is not successful is how you deal with all those things. How you approach the challenge or problem or the person that wronged you. Or losing that listing. 
Do you allow those things to win? Do you blame the people, the market, the interest rates, or the office manager, or the broker, or the franchise owner? If you do, stop it. Stop it right now. This will never serve you. You, you, don't, you do not allow those things to win. You take those situations, figure out how to learn from it, how to make a positive out of it, how to improve yourself, how to avoid similar situations in the future, how to change your surroundings to, so that those circumstances don't occur again, or at least you minimize the chance of it happening again, and this will make you better, faster, stronger, smarter if you approach it this way. Know this. This is a fact. Get excited about this. This is the gift that you get for enduring these things. These things will only harm you or hinder you or stop you or stall you or crush you if you let it. We are all humans with different weaknesses, different strengths, but we can all build up things that are current weaknesses and make them our greatest strengths once we take back the control. It's up to you. Nobody can do this for you. It's you. You know when you point your finger, your index finger? There's three other fingers pointing back at you, right? Here's an excerpt from the book, Smarter, Faster, Better by Charles Duhigg. Researchers have found that people with an internal locus of control tend to praise or blame themselves for success or failure rather than assigning responsibility to things outside their influence. A student with strong internal locus of control, for instance, will attribute good grades to hard work rather than natural smarts. A salesman with an internal locus of control will blame a lost sale on his own lack of hustle rather than bad fortune, something that has been done to him or happened to him. Internal locus of control has been linked with academic success, higher self-motivation, and social maturity, lower incidences of stress and depression, and a longer lifespan. A team of psychologists wrote this in a journal called Problems and Perspectives in Management in 2012. People with an internal locus of control, listen to this, okay, listen to this. People with an internal locus of control tend to earn more money, have more friends, stay married longer, and report greater professional success and satisfaction. So in contrast to that, having an external locus of control, believing that your life is primarily influenced by events outside your control, is correlated with higher levels of stress, often because an individual perceives a situation as beyond his or her coping abilities, the psychologist wrote. So that's the excerpt from the book. Do you see how blaming all the things outside yourself will literally stifle your own improvement? Does that hit home? Pay attention to this in your life. Pay attention to how you deal with things, your thought patterns. Pay attention to this and make a shift. In the real estate business, there are things that are out of our control. Would you agree with that statement? The bank interest rates and how they fluctuate, the economy, elections affect business sometimes, immigration policies, the stock market, factories shutting down in your area that affect numerous job losses and in turn the economy of your particular market. That can happen. Wars, threats, crime, weather, the message from the news that may cause people to think a certain way. Virus outbreaks like COVID-19, the financial crisis of 2008, the terrorist attacks of 2001. I've been through all these things. There are so many things that are outside of our control, but the world keeps on turning and there are people that thrive in moments of chaos. Others crumple up in a little ball and they just give in. Make a decision to only stress about the things that are in your control. 
Why utilize your mental energy to allow stress and anxiety to creep in on subject matter that's totally out of your control anyway? Where is the opportunity? Ask that question. Where can someone benefit? Let me ask you this. In a seller's market, is there opportunity? You bet. In a buyer's market, is there opportunity? You bet. In a balanced market, is there opportunity? Yep. When the stock market crashes, is there opportunity? Oh yes, there is. Think about what you can control. Go there immediately, mentally. Ask yourself the right questions instead of, why me? Why do all these things happen to me all the time? Why is it so hard? Instead of asking that, ask what and how questions, questions that invoke thinking about solutions and actions. Action overcomes fear every time. I'm going to say it again. Action overcomes fear every time. Action overcomes challenges every time. Action. Figure out how to take action. Let's talk about what we can control. What can we control? We can control the message that we want people to internalize and understand about us. We can control the planting of seeds every day. We can control contacting our clients, referral sources, strategic alliances, cold and warm leads. We can control that. We can control how we follow up with people and give them value. We can control how we deal with sign calls, emails, and information requests. We can control how we present ourselves in the social media limelight. We can control our mindsets. We can control what motivates us and what excites us, can't we? We can control how we treat our wives, husbands, friends, family, children, partners, and other loved ones. We control that. That's on us. We can be a positive example to others. We can control how we conduct ourselves with other real estate agents. We can control how we make decisions and what is the rudder for our decisions, what steers our decisions. We can control how well we serve and wow our clients. We can control what goes in our brains just like we can control what goes into our stomachs, right? We can control operating as a professional being accountable, the other eight facets, right guys? Being organized, managing your time, operating with intention and being consistent. We can control building relationships and inspiring people to refer business to us. We can control those other eight facets and we can be in control of our business and our lives. We can control that. Every one of those things are in our control. A successful real estate agent is in control. Guys and gals, we can control a lot of things. This is where you take the power back. This is where you become different. Believe it or not, if you simply practice in this way, you will stand out. You will differentiate yourself. It's not that hard to look good in this business. It is amazing what the general public has decided is acceptable or maybe what they've decided to settle with. It blows my mind all the time, but I don't worry about what other people do and how they conduct their businesses as aggravating as it may be. I focus on myself. I can't control the conduct of others. I can't control what motivates others to do the things that they do. I can't impose my will on the world around me. I can't. I can only control me. And that's where it needs to start. There's an amazing amount of good in the world. There's a mind-blowing amount of bad in the world. Bad things will happen to good people because there's evil in the world. And it's sad and heartbreaking sometimes. But how do we, the ones that are left, create a positive out of those heartbreaking circumstances? How do we glorify the goodness even in the hardest times? How? That's in our control. We are in a business that allows us to have control. We have nobody telling us to get up at a certain time in the morning. We have nobody telling us 
when we get to take a break or eat food. We have nobody telling us when we get to go home to our family. If we want to head over to the school at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of a workday to watch my son rugby game, then I can if I want to. If I want to be the only father at the 9 a.m. at the kindergarten class reading to my son during family reading time on Friday mornings, then I can do that and I can fit that into my schedule. That's in my control. We get to establish our own value. There's no ceiling. We choose how to value our time. We can get better at our craft. We can improve our skills. We can build up our business and do a great job and become an enormous person of value and get paid very well for doing that. We can do the things to increase our value per hour, per day, per year, and there's nothing holding us back. There is nothing holding us back. Listen to me on that. We get to be creative in order to develop business. There's opportunity everywhere. Every day a house is being sold. Every day a house is being listed. Every person you bump into accidentally could be your next raving fan client. Embrace that. Soak it in. Do you hear that? I mean, really hear that. You are in control. You are in the best business in the world for the average person with a low barrier of entry and endless opportunities. I have witnessed and seen and heard about people who are waitresses and beer cart girls and guys who are homeless living in their car and people who left a good paying corporate job and people who went through bankruptcy become millionaire real estate agents. All of these people had the cards stacked against them. They had no advantages and I was one of them. But they all took the control back. A successful real estate agent is in total control. Well, that concludes our nine-part series on what a successful agent is, in my opinion, and what you become as you go through our 4X Formula Real Estate course. That's what I, this is who I want to come out at the end. And I hope you've enjoyed this series. I really do. I, I'm going to continue to produce content for you to listen to in order to help you be a positive impact on your day, stick with me. I'm so thankful for you and I appreciate you listening to this information. And if you're joining us for the first time and you haven't already, go to forexformula.com, pick up your Quick Commission Blueprint book. It's free and I've put it together to help new agents launch their businesses effectively and uncover that business that they don't know is there. There's, there's business in every single marketplace that is the best business and most efficient and most profitable in every single marketplace, in your marketplace right now. You just need to know how to uncover it. And that book is gonna help you with that. Go get the free book. So just hit that button that says, I want that free book and we will have it to you in minutes. This is Kelly Johnston, founder of the Forex Formula Real Estate course, signing off for today. Make a great day.